Hi, Courtney. Hey, Libby. Good morning. How are you? I'm really good. How are you? I'm good. Uh, I am in my second office, which is an abandoned dorm room in a place where I used to work because they're doing <laughs> renovations on the apartment next door to me, and it's too loud to record a podcast there. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, we. I feel like we've. You've. I've still, you know, just been staying in Maine this whole time, but we're in the fourth episode here of this pod is your pod, and I think you've recorded in four different places so I far. Think is that, that right? That, I think that that is accurate. Yeah, maybe I'll. I'll create a little map. <laughs> With a pin of all the places that I've recorded the pod. (laughs) Yeah, so we're here. uh, It's just another week in Donald Trump's America. We're like on the brink of nuclear war. Uh, You know, there's Google dudes being Google dudes. Uh, Ugh, Google bro. I mean, there's, I know. (laughs) I just lost my eyes in the back of my head. I rolled them so hard. Yeah, so um, I mean, it's we're we're coming into almost ten months of Pantsuit Nation. Um, we're in our fourth episode of the podcast, which, you know, as we've said before, is sort of a, a natural extension of this community where we're kind of taking it to the airwaves in addition to taking it to Facebook. The conversations that we're having, which are so important to include lots of different voices, different perspectives, different ways of standing up and and taking action in this moment. Um, and I'd love to hear from you, Courtney, briefly, kind of what what you've been changing about your own life since the election? I mean, other other than like devoting a lot of your time and energy to Pantsuit Nation, um, are there things that have changed for you sort of personally in the way that you interact with your democracy or the way that you sort of use your voice to stand up? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, as you mentioned, like working with Pantsuit Nation is the biggest and I think most obvious thing that's changed is that I've like changed my job and now I am dedicated to doing the work that we do here. Um, But in a more kind of personal way, one thing that I've specifically noticed is, um, I don't know if you remember people saying, you know, you could never, you should never talk about politics or religion at a party or over dinner or something like that. Um, and I'm always, I've always been a person who kind of has violated <laughs> that rule when it came to <laughs> politics. Um, but one thing I really, I recognized is that um, maybe we wouldn't have been so shocked about what happened in the election if more people had been talking about their politics with the people close to them um, before the election happened and more people yeah. had expressed sort of why they were voting the way that they were voting in a way that was you know, on a one-to-one conversation rather than through an ad or um, a Facebook post, that kind of thing. Um, And so I've been kind of giving myself permission to just be true to what I feel about different political issues, um, you know, in a respectful way, but in a really vocal and open way. And it's not that different from um, who I was pre-election in terms of um, being kind of bold with my close friends, but I've just let that circle be wider. Let it be family, family, friends. Um, if I'm meeting new people for the first time, they're probably not going to have any questions about who I voted for in this election. Um, so that's one thing that I've been doing differently is just trying to get my views about the 
wide variety of things that are offensive and damaging and dangerous coming out of the um, administration and why they're important for us to pay attention to and what we can do to combat them. Yeah, I love that. And I think it is so important and um, such a good reminder to that change often happens sort of in concentric circles away from individuals. And it's not right. top down from, you know, MSNBC, you know, releasing some poll data about something like that's not as that's not the best method to really create change and and that personal connection and and as we just say over and over again with Pansy Nation um, and and what I hope we continue to do with this pod as your pod is like not only sharing your views but linking that to personal experience and um, I had a similar uh, sort of situation last week where I was having conversation with some very dear friends of mine um, who are are very liberal and yet sort of understanding that we don't actually share sort of the same perspective or views on, on some things that are sort of even contained within like the, the liberal universe. And right. um, there's there's work to be done for all of us. And I'm constantly learning from you, Courtney, and from the other women that we work with in Pantsuit Nation. Um, and that has been something that, that has really changed too, is that acknowledgement of, of growth within myself and that I, um, you know, I I see myself like on this this really sort of um, long <laughs> trajectory of continuing mm-hmm. to push myself, what else I can be doing, how I can be educating myself. Um, and then like you said, sort of reaching out and trying to bring people into conversation um, over dinner tables or, you know, at the beach where the kids are running around, you know, trying to figure out how we can talk to one another and see if we can bring up the issues that, that you're right, we're sort of s- often left unmentioned, Mm -hmm. um, probably in November, before November. Yeah, absolutely. And I think particularly, you know, at a local level, it's really important. You know, I remember we have a number of ballot initiatives here in Massachusetts that I really didn't know how to handle, particularly around charter schools. And, you know, I was able to talk to people that um, are, would be directly affected by it. My friends who have kids in the Boston public school systems, um, my sister-in-law is a teacher. Um, And so that gave me some um, perspective on an issue that I personally am not invested in, and yet it matters for my city, it matters for my community, and so it was important for me to kind of be gathering perspectives on that. And I've sort of tried to carry that forward and remember that that experience was useful for me, um, and so it's probably useful for other people. So, yeah. Also, I just like to to talk politics with people. <laughs> There's the other yeah. piece is that it's Likewise. just a fun Hence, hence uh, this pod is your pod a like semi-political podcast coming to you at least we can talk to each other <laughs> exactly <laughs> even if uh, no one else is listening but um no we're, we're really excited about um the guests that we've had so far and really excited to kind of look ahead to this episode we're going to be talking about an issue that is um you know a hugely important topic in this administration and yet there's so much else that's going on with the president that I think often the attention isn't paid to it, that it it must be. And and we really feel compelled to draw attention to immigration, in particular to DACA uh, and what's happening like imminently with some legislation that's coming through. So um, Courtney, do you want to tell us a little bit about our guest today? Sure. So today we're going to talk to um, Cheska Perez. And I feel like her story is too good for me to even um, give you kind of a snapshot. Um, She's a really incredible woman, and um, I can't wait to hear about 
her perspective from a personal side and also from what she has done in her life um, to really create communities of immigrants um, that are feeling supported in a, a really challenging time. Um, and, you know, what's important to remember about um, the issues around immigration is that this is a huge umbrella of people who are affected by this. That I think when we think about DACA, we often are thinking about um, immigrants from Mexico or um, and we're not or other Latin American countries, and we're not necessarily thinking about the wider um, swaths of people that are affected by something like DACA or um, temporary protected status that are coming from all over the world. Um, and Cheska has a really great perspective on that as well. So I'm really looking forward to talking to her. Yeah, so I'm really looking forward to speaking with Cheska. Uh, she has been a member of Pantsuit Nation for, um, for a really long time uh, for, of the Facebook group. So we're going to hear her story in a minute. But before, before we talk to her, Courtney, can I ask a, um, maybe an uninformed question? Sure. Okay, so what is DACA? What does that stand for? What's a little bit of background on that? So DACA stands for Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, and it is essentially um, protections for people who came into the country undocumented when they were children, um, when they didn't have agency to make the decisions themselves. And so rather than punishing them, um, it gives them an opportunity to stay in this country and not having, not needing to hide, not be worried about getting deported gives um, them an opportunity to pursue education um, and to really be uh, open and visible and contributing members of society rather than having to hide. And um, there's a real threat against DACA right now because there are a number of attorney generals um, led by uh, the Texas attorney general um, that are trying to rescind um, these protections, rescind DACA. And um, that's really dangerous, not just because it um, creates this sort of limbo for all of these people who have been, um, you know, told that they are now protected, but there's also, you know, federal roles that people um, revealed themselves to the government and said, you know, I am an undocumented person and I would like to, to be part of this program um, to, uh, you know, have deferred action. And it's really scary to think that there's a list with addresses and names and that that could be turned and used in a different way. Um, so it's really critical for um, the people who are essentially the foundation of the next generation of this country, that we're not just kicking people out and that these are, for many of these young people, this is the only home that they know. Um, and so it's just, uh, it's such a critical piece of legislation that we need to keep our eye on and, and be vigilant in protecting. Yeah. And it's worth noting, too, that, you know, there are um, there is a small group of attorney generals that are, you know, working to rescind this. But I think there's at least twice as many, if not more, attorney generals from states all over the country that um, are working to defend it and, and to say that, you know, this is not only, you know, in terms of sort of our foundations as a nation, as a democracy, but economically, I mean, the, the, um, the economic impact of rescinding DACA or removing those protections um, actually is, is bad for our economy. It removes um, a sustainable, contributing, you know, hugely productive um, kind of potential workforce and active workforce. Um, as you said, people that are um, contributing in, in so many ways to this country and, and is really, um, you know, reflecting kind of our, our um, you know, the foundation of our democracy and sort of the future of our democracy. So yeah. there's a lot of and different I also, perspectives on this. I think it's really important to mention too that like there is 
sometimes I think in the conversation about immigration, we get caught up in this sort of idea of the perfect immigrant, that someone who has never made any mistakes and never had anything in their past that suggests, um, you know, to, to be a sort of slight blemish. And the truth is, is that no matter who you are, if you were brought here as a child, no matter what you have done, this is your home. And it's really a... Um, I don't want to be perpetuating the idea that only the sort of perfect people can um, should be able to stay here, that this is something that affects families across the board who have been through any number of different kinds of things. And it's really important that we keep our head on our minds on the fact that like no matter what your family has been through, you don't deserve to be torn apart because of um, immigration laws that don't consider um, really your humanity. So. Yeah, absolutely. So we are so lucky today to have Cheska Perez join us. She is a member of Pantsuit Nation, and um, I got a chance to chat with her a little bit before, but um, I'm just so thrilled to have her tell her story to all of you. Um, Cheska, welcome to This Pod is Your Pod. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. So um, when we got a chance to to chat briefly, one of the things that really stood out to me about your story is your um, interest in going into the military and how that's kind of shaped what you do now. Can you tell us a little bit about your your background and and that particular interest? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I love talking about that. Um, It was one of the things that really inspired me and motivated me to go on um, to pursue my dreams for the future. Um, So back in middle school, um, this is maybe a while back ago. (laughs) um, (laughs) Not that long ago, Cheska. Not that long (laughs) ago, but still quite long. Um, Back in middle school in the eighth grade, I was invited to go to West Point Military Academy. Um, I was uh, among three students um, from my school, actually within my school district here in Clark County School District in Las Vegas, um, to go to West Point Military Academy STEM program. Um, And after being there for seven days, um, it was just so incredible. You know, just the passion, the perseverance, the dedication of every single person in there. Um, I just really wanted to be a cadet after that. So um, right after eighth grade, I went on to high school and joined the Army Junior um, ROTC in my high school and um, made my way up to become the command sergeant major by senior year. Um, And that's the highest enlisted ranking cadet in the entire battalion. So I was really, really passionate, um, and I really wanted to be in the military because I knew that, one, not only was that serving the purpose of, you know, giving back to my community and giving back to the nation, the country that I've come to love and I call home, um, but also I really wanted to do work on the cybersecurity policies and the work that they were doing in the STEM fields. It was just a way of having all that together in the way that I wanted Mm. to do in the future. I mean, it sounds like such an incredible passion to have that you found, um, you know, in that, in that short visit. Um, Tell us about why that's not possible for you. (laughs) It's not possible for me because uh, first, as I've told you previously, I'm an undocumented immigrant. um, And that means that, uh, For you to join the military, you must either be a legal permanent resident 
or a U.S. citizen. Now, there are some conditions which will allow that they will allow you to go into the military if you have some special skills. However, I don't fit any of those criteria. Mm. Um, and it's for me, I get the concern, but I also get there's so many people just like myself who, you know, that I've met that really just want to serve our country, want to serve in the military, and and have longed to, you know, go and be a part of that. Right. I can't imagine being um, barred from doing that for a reason that, you know, you really had no control over. Uh, you came here as a child. Is that correct? That is correct. And I remember multiple occasions where our recruiters would come in in high school and they would ask me personally, like, why am I not, you know, I would talk about going to West Point Military Academy. I would talk about going to military. I, I lit up when I talked about it. But once I sat down and they started the recruitment process, they asked me, why aren't you starting it? And it was hard and difficult for me to tell them that I was undocumented and that mm. I couldn't. Cheska, can you tell us a little bit more about, um, you know, th so this is an experience that you've had um, and maybe how you've translated some of that frustration and sadness um, that it sounds like, you know, that that you can't pursue this dream of yours. Um, are there other, other avenues that you've um, sort of put your energy into to think about how we can change this in the future? Yes, definitely. So right along high school, um, you know, I... I was coming to realize that I'm, I wasn't going to reach my dreams of going to West Point Military Academy. You know, I pushed myself to be the highest enlisted ranking cadet in my battalion, but I knew that even still then, I wouldn't be going to the military. Um, so I also started pursuing college. By senior year of high school, I didn't get enough financial aid because undocumented immigrants are not eligible for federal financial aid and many scholarships. So I wasn't able to afford college. Then on, you know, those are typically the three pathways that um, right after your high school is that you either go to the workforce, you go into the military, or you go to school. Well, I couldn't do all three. I, could, I was not authorized to work. I was not authorized to go join the military, and I couldn't afford college. So instead, I spent my time and effort volunteering for Hillary Clinton's presidential campaign right when I graduated um, high school. The day after graduation, I started off as an organizing uh, fellow in Nevada. Um, and from then on, just kept on working on the election. Um, and I received deferred action for childhood arrivals, DACA, um, during that time, and which authorized me to work for two years um, and receive protections as well. And by the end of the general election, I was in Colorado working as the deputy data director of the Colorado Democratic Party. So that's what I've been doing afterwards and how I've spent my time. <laughs> Jessica, how old are you? Do you mind us asking? <laughs> I am 19 years old. Wow. 19, everybody. 19. Yeah. <laughs> Cheska is a rock star. I had the same reaction, Libby, when Cheska and I first talked. I was like, go back. How old are you? <laughs> you're, I, it's just your sense of purpose is so clear. Um, and it's really amazing. And I know that specifically you, um, 
you think about immigrant communities in the work that you did with um, the Clinton campaign. Can you tell us a little bit more about that, too? Yes. For me, when I first came into Hillary Clinton's presidential campaign, it was very early on. Um, it was when she first, you know, back in April 2015, she announced and I started volunteering from then on, but I didn't get really involved until right after I graduated in June. Um, but one of the first things that she did was talk to DACA recipients here um, in Las Vegas. And I thought that was so important and critical um, because I knew I wanted a candidate who would not only stand up um, for, you know, immigrants, but also stand up for policies that needed to be in place in the future that would help immigrant communities, including those undocumented and documented. And so coming here to Las Vegas in where I lived, my home, um, was so, was just so incredible. And it, it just showed the amount of passion that I needed to put in to ensure that would happen as well for my family, for my community, and the people that I didn't know but would know later on. And so my first my first initial uh, motivation to get into the campaign was to talk about being undocumented and to serve my community in the way that it, for being a voice for them. One, I often talked about how I am of Asian origin and I'm undocumented. Now, you don't really hear a lot of that. Um, and I, it wasn't until this year, actually, um, just a couple months ago, that I met another Asian, undocumented immigrant of Asian origin. And that, from that entire time on the campaign, I spoke about immigration, you know, the complexities of it, how there are a variety of immigrants that come to the United States in many different ways. And we end up undocumented because it, the system is so complex, the system is broken. And many people don't understand how hard it is and difficult for you to attain visas, for you to attain LPR, you know, legal permanent residence, and citizenship. It's not like get in the back of the line. There is no line. And if there was a line, everyone would be there already. You know? Right. Amazing. I just yeah. think, Cheska, your story so beautifully ties together so many of the things that um, I hope that our listeners are taking to heart. First off, just your your commitment to your country um, and, you know, the fact that you're you're aching to serve in so many ways um, and that you're being prevented from doing that. Um, in one way, and yet you found a way to do it in another really powerful way. And, and um, I'm just inspired by, by that piece. Um, and also your story and sort of the personal connection and thinking about how your story is, is one piece, but then you're also speaking on behalf um, of so many, you know, millions of people in this country, you know, and how that, that personal story does actually stand up um, as something that, that can speak to the experiences of so many other people. So um, thank you for sharing it with us and, and for all that you're doing to bring this issue to the fore and taking action in ways that are, are really inspiring to me personally. And I, um, I think they will be to our listeners as well. Thank you. And Cheska, tell us what's next up for you. I am so excited um, to talk about this because <laughs> I will be attending um, college on a full-ride scholarship 
um, at Amazing. the end of August. Awesome. I'm, I'm doing a happy so, dance. I'm so excited. <laughs> um, and I'm going to go in as a double major, of course, um, computer science and public <laughs> policy. I have to do it. <laughs> That's incredible. Congratulations. That's really Thanks. exciting. I am so, so happy for you. That is just... I, I have, have goosebumps, goosebumps a little bit, not going to lie. I just got them too, Libby! <laughs> it's so amazing, you know, hearing you talk about those three paths and how none of them were available to you. It's just, it really it breaks it down in the simplest of ways of how there's young people in this country who want to be working, going to college, serving in the military, and are barred from doing that because of their immigration status. And that's outrageous. And I'm just, you're such an inspiration. Thank you so much for talking to us today. Um, And good luck. I bet you start soon. (laughs) Yes, I do. Thank you so much for having me here. Thank you, Cheska. Congratulations and good luck. Thank you, Cheska. Thank you. Okay, amazing. I mean, Cheska um, is an incredible guest, and I'm so thankful again uh, for her for coming on, speaking with us, sharing her story. Um, and we have been so lucky to have, um, you know, we're in our fourth episode of this Pod is Your Pod. We've had amazing guests so far. Going back, we spoke with um, the amazing Amanda Lippman, uh, co-founder of Run for Something, uh, and along in that episode, in the first episode, um, another woman who's running for, you know, who ran for uh, local office. Uh, we've talked to another founder of a giant Facebook group and talked a little bit about (laughs) um, what it's like to run a million plus Facebook group. Um, That was amazing talking with Lola. And then last week, of course, we had the incredible honor of talking with Congresswoman Moore. So um, it's been an incredible journey so far. Yeah, just the opportunity, you know, hearing Cheska talk about her desire to serve. And what I think has been so great, you know, now reflecting on the people that we've had is that all of them are serving in different ways. You know, Christy is serving her community. Lola is serving her community. Rep Moore is serving her community. Cheska, of course. And it's just been incredible and inspiring to talk to all of these amazing people. Absolutely. And this week, we're really um, thankful also to our sponsor, which is Latote. And um, they've been with us for the last uh, three episodes as well. And so we've had the opportunity to try out Latote. And it's kind of been a game changer for me in my wardrobe. Um, as much as things get a little hectic out into in the political realm, um, I've been really excited to try out Latote, which is a service that um, sends me clothes in the mail that I get to pick out online, don't have to worry about going shopping, dragging my kids along, all of that kind of stuff. They have these custom fit specialists that send me beautiful clothes that are are really, you know, much nicer probably than I would be able to to choose on my own. So that's been another fun bonus of of, uh, working on the podcast. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think we had a bit of a a role reversal. Usually I'm the one getting La Tote and wearing it to bachelorette parties, but I think that was you this time. Yes, I did. My sister's bachelorette party, I like dragged all of her, you know, maids in waiting or whatever they're called to rural Maine. Um, <laughs> but I was like, make sure you bring an outfit to dress up when we're going to be like having dinner on like this like, you know, tiny little hamlet on the coast of Maine. So it wasn't exactly <laughs> going out into like the Manhattan bars, but I was able to wear this dress that um, had come in my tote the previous week and I got you know lots of compliments so I was holding down the bachelorette front for Pansy Nation this week <laughs> with the Latote. Nice good job so yeah, I had um, my Latote with me on the cape and in particular I had this amazing chambray romper from Splendid that every time whoa. I wore it I got I know I got compliments on it and I said oh it's Latote I got it from Latote every time. <laughs> 
<laughs> I am I have no shame about uh, telling people about this service. It's so great. And then I got to just send it back from the Cape before I came back to Boston. So I didn't even have yep. to worry about carrying it in my suitcase. It was awesome. Yeah. So just to um, make sure our listeners know, Latote is a fashion subscription box. They send you brand name clothing and accessories, comes to your door. It's kind of like Netflix for clothes. That's how my sister sort of described it back to me. She was like, what is this? <laughs> this sounds awesome. So if you go to latote.com, that's L-E-T-O-T-E.com, you can get started for as low as $39 a month. If you enter promo code THISPOD at checkout, you'll get 50% off your first month. Once you sign up, you'll get your completely customized tote within days. You wear what you want, return everything in the mail when you're done, and repeat all month long. Again, that's latote.com. Enter your code THISPOD and feel fabulous with fashion delivered right to your door. So thanks again to Latote. And now we have come to one of our favorite segments, the cat call. Woohoo! Let's give her a call. Can't wait. Hello. Hi, Kat. How are you? I'm good. How are you this morning? Doing good. Hi, Kat. Hey, Libby. So we just had this incredible conversation with Cheska Perez, who uh, has been a Pantsuit Nation member for months now, and she told us this great story, um, her own story, about um, kind of what her experience has been as an undocumented immigrant, um, the way that she is so eager to serve her country, and, um, you know, trying to figure out how she can make progress on things like DACA, things like temporary protected status. And uh, we're hoping that you can give us some insights into how we can all take action if we're moved, as I think everyone will be, by Cheska's incredible story. Yeah, sounds great. And, you know, just a little background. Uh, this is an issue that's really, really important to me as well. My partner came to America at age 16 um, before DACA was around, and that really impacted her ability to get an access to an education. I, You know, the story that always sticks with me when, when she talks to me about why DACA is so important, is she says, you know, I, I showed up in America at 16. I went to a high school that wouldn't I tried to get into a high school that wouldn't uh, that would take me that would be good and accelerate my education, um, but they wouldn't based on her status. Uh, and then she was essentially sent to a high school that had a seventy percent dropout rate. So it wasn't until she was became a citizen and you know eventually um, was able to go back to school in her thirties that she was able to pursue her education. She just couldn't do it when she was young um, because she would have had to go to college as a international student. And if you're an immigrant and you are working so hard to make it in America, you just can't afford to pay three times normal tuition. Um, so she was super pumped to hear about this action as well. Um, a lot of our closest friends are dreamers because she's gone back to school in her 30s and we live in California. So this is a really, a really uh, pressing topic. So I'm so glad you guys had this conversation. So if you go to uh, defenddaca.com, you can go look for a day of action that's going to happen on August 15th or other actions around the country. Um, really exciting uh, series of events that are happening. You can go ahead and sign up, try to find one. You know, August 15th does mark five years since 800,000 immigrants were able to get legal protection, go to college and support their families. Um, and it, it's, it's definitely a program that is up on the chopping block with the current congressional um, uh, caucus going in. So, August 15th, uh, join thousands of folks across the country to help support DACA and immigrant youth. Uh, super important this upcoming week. You can actually also go to um, action.unitedwedream.org uh, for more information. The official hashtag is hashtag defend DACA. That's defend D-A-C-A. Uh, go ahead and tell your stories using that hashtag or show up to an event. But it's really important uh, to get behind DACA. Uh, there are 
countless of lives in the balance and their status in this country. So please go out and support uh, immigrant youth. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, August 15th, there are events around the country. But if you find yourself in D.C., the sort of anchor event um, is in D.C. And so they're really looking for as many people as possible to come out there. And then, of course, across the country, um, DefendDACA.com has a map. You can just drop in your zip code and they'll let you know what's close to you. And you can also register an event if you'd like to host one. So um, this is an opportunity to really take action, um, make yourself heard. Uh, If you were moved by what you heard about Cheska, um, what you heard about Kat's partner or anyone else in your family or your friend circle, um, or even just people in your community um, that are being affected by uh, the potential ending of this critical immigration policy. Definitely look to your own community. Think about ways that you can support organizations that are fighting so hard on this. Uh, This is imminent. I mean, we've heard that there could be action on this in Washington as soon as September 5th. And so this is something that um, we really need to take a stand on right away. Um, Check out that website. Do some research in your own community. Um, Lend your voice to this because, as we heard from Cheska, from Kat, you know, this is is a really critical issue and one um, that I think, you know, maybe liberals in general are are not standing up in the way that we had maybe for the healthcare, um, you know, fight that was going on. There was a lot of attention being paid to that. And I'm not seeing the same attention being paid to this, this issue. Um, and so we really need to, to, um, put a spotlight right here. Completely agree. And I think, you know, when, when president Trump was elected, the folks that immediately, um, felt threatened were basically folks who were, um, protected by DACA. It's our immigrant communities, and we really need to show up um, because these programs are just so important. It gives just a sense of security. You know, these folks are doing great things in their communities. Let's show up for them like we've showed up for healthcare. And, you know, kind of one of the really great things that has happened um, in this movement are these development of, you know, you're able, able to find an event anywhere you live, right? And we're also able to speak out and use social media. You can talk to your neighbors. That's also very important. Um, but there's so many tools out there. Go use them. Go to defenddaca.com. Uh, let's show up and force for this. Awesome. Thank you so much, Kat. Also, um, happy birthday. Oh, thank you very happy much. Happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Kat had a birthday earlier this week. I did. I'm a Leo just like President Obama. <laughs> <laughs> just had to draw that comparison, didn't you? That's kind of a typical Leo move there, Kat. <laughs> it's a very Leo move. I just wanted to make it as obvious as possible. <laughs> That I'm a Leo. I'm pretty sure my birthday is like really close to Beyonce's, so that's really important. <laughs> <laughs> Notice I'm that's not mentioning when my birthday is, and I'll let you all draw the conclusion of, of what uh, my sign is based on that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, happy birthday, Kat! Thank you so much for um, for giving us some good direct action here. Yeah, and sharing your own story. It's always um, great to hear you know a little bit more about. Um, why you do what you do and we can't thank you enough. We'll talk to you next week. Yeah, and I'll be honest, like that story, her story um, is one of the biggest motivations for me making a huge career shift. Uh, mm. And so I'm, I'm happy happy to tell it. She, she gave me permission to tell it. Uh, she thinks it needs to be shouted from the rooftops. Uh, it's just had a direct impact on my family. So thank you so much for highlighting this on this episode. Thanks, Kat. You got it. And thanks, Rafa, for, for letting us share your story um, from one, one person removed. And um, yeah, it's, it's really important. We're with you. All right, y'all. Take care. We'll talk very, very soon. Okay. Thanks, Kat. All right. 
Always great to hear from Kat, and it's so useful to have specific actions we can take um, when there are issues like DACA being on the chopping block coming up. So thanks again to Kat. Um, and and now thanks to all of move... those that are organizing those events, too. I mean, there's a huge amount yeah. of effort that's going in through United We Dream, through this DefendDACA.com website. Um, there's a huge force of people that are really um, investing their energy and time into this. People like Cheska all around the country that are, um, you know, helping us basically show up um, and, and making it really easy. So let's let's do our part. Absolutely. And now it's time for us to give out the golden pantsuit. Golden pantsuit. Um, this is just <laughs> highlighting women that are kicking ass that we are just impressed as hell by um, and we want to give them a little shine their way. Um, so golden pantsuit. Libby, who do we have up this week? Yeah, so um, this is probably someone that, that unless you've been like not on Facebook this week at all or living under a rock, you've probably heard of Amy McGrath, who is a congressional candidate from Kentucky. She's a former Marine. Her video, her like first like entree into the uh, campaign world with it was this amazing video. She um, is a like fighter pilot. She's badass. And she's running in Kentucky against someone who is basically handpicked by Mitch McConnell um, to be sort of a congressional representative there. And she's standing up. She's saying, you know, for me, for my family, for the country that I love, it's time for me to to step up and, and run for office. And so her video has been viewed millions of times, people going crazy for it. Uh, understandably so because she's incredible Uh, and we're just going to hear a couple of uh, short clips from that video which you can also just like search for Amy McGrath and it'll pop up uh, immediately but let's hear a couple of, of clips from it. I'm Amy McGrath and I love our country. I spent 20 years as a U.S. Marine, flew 89 combat missions bombing Al Qaeda and the Taliban. I was the first woman Marine to fly in an F-18 in combat and I got to land on aircraft carriers. This is my new mission to take on a Congress full of career politicians who treat the people of Kentucky like they're disposable. Some are telling me a Democrat can't win that battle in Kentucky, that we can't take back our country for my kids and yours. We'll see about that. Yes, we will. I mean, that. (laughs) I love it so much. And the best, I mean, it's so obviously this is a podcast. It doesn't come with visuals. But the best part is that she's like, walking towards you and there's just fighter jet behind her and she is just the epitome of a total badass like there's I'm keep trying to think of another word (laughs) look up badass in the dictionary and you'll see Amy McGrath yeah there'll be a picture of Amy McGrath with her fighter pilot suit on um it's just it's so incredible yeah. So this week with uh, this pod is your pod. We're gonna um, we're gonna do something a little bit different, and we're gonna actually call Amy McGrath, and we're going to like award her the golden pantsuit. And um, again, I have like my sweaty palms meter. Like I'm nervous to talk to her <laughs> because I feel like she's like this like overnight celebrity, and she's so incredible. Um, but let's give her a call, Courtney, and and um, just uh, tell her how much we love her. <laughs> Maybe hopefully without being quite so awkward. Okay. Okay. Let's do it. Hi, Amy. This is Libby Chamberlain from uh, Pantsuit Nation. Hi, Libby. Nice to speak with you. You too, Amy. I'm so thrilled to talk to you. Courtney Tunis is also on the line. Okay. Hello, Amy. Hi, Courtney. So, Amy, we are huge fans of you here at Pantsuit Nation, and uh, this pod is your pod. Um, and we just wanted to give you a call and let you know that um, we're just so thrilled with your 
commitment to this country and, and to thank you for your service. And we're awarding you the golden pantsuit this week because you, um, as Courtney said, just before we called, you're a badass. We're so thankful to you for stepping up in Kentucky and running for office. So well, um, thank you. That, that's awesome. I've never had uh, that sort of award before. That's, that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So, so how's it going? I mean, you are like an instant celebrity now based on this incredible campaign video and your candidacy. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, uh, it, first of all, I'm, I'm really humbled by the response. Um, I don't think that it's really about me. Um, I think it's about just the fact that people want better leaders and um, that they're just inspired by, um, you know, someone who, who is, is not a standard politician who just wants to do what's best for the country and for their, uh, his or her community. So I'm trying personally to just stay grounded um, and mm. to make sure that I'm, I'm doing the right thing and, and talking to the people here and, um, you know, doing my part. That's so great. I mean, we were talking earlier in our um, in the podcast to another young woman who has been um, really inspired to serve her country and found different ways to do it. And I think it's incredible that after you know breaking down a lot of barriers in your military career, you're now stepping up to run for office. So um, thank you so much, and thank you so much for um, just showing us what it looks like to be a strong, dedicated woman out there kicking ass at one job and getting ready to kick ass at another. Excuse my profanity, but I just, I'm just so excited. <laughs> it's, it's day to day. It's just a, you know, you, you get out there and it's the day to day slog and you, you, you have to be able to put yourself out there. You have to, you have to do the things that you think you cannot do. I think that's the mm. one lesson I've learned throughout my whole life that has, um, that has helped me, and in, even in the small things, the small ways, you just gain more confidence when you go out there and you do the things that, um, that maybe you're unsure about. Um, you can't be afraid to make mistakes. You've got to just get out there and be honest and, and work hard. Amazing. I'm going to be playing your video for my daughter. She just turned four years old. And I'm also going to play that exact clip from you, um, Amy, because you're so inspiring for for me out in Maine, but also I think for young women that are looking up um, to leaders like you that that are, um, yeah, I mean, taking those risks, putting yourself out there and doing it in a way that that does really it does feel grounded. And, and we know that you're you're in this for all of the right reasons. So thank you again. And we'd love to speak with you again. If you want to come back onto this pod is your pod, um, maybe when you've um, had, you know, even more <laughs> campaign experience, we'd love to, to have you on again. But for this week, we're just really excited to, to um, you know, award the golden pantsuit. And uh, we'll send you a little card in the mail just to, to thank you. And, and um, thanks for coming on the podcast. All right. Great. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you, Amy. Okay. Bye now. Take care. What a thrill to be able to give Amy McGrath the golden pantsuit over the phone, our very first call-in golden pantsuit. I was so excited. Um, and absolutely check out um, our blog. We'll post the video if you haven't seen it yet. Um, if you have, watch it again on repeat like I do to get motivated to get out there. And like Amy said, just uh, do the things you think you can't do. Um, she's, she's really amazing. 
She really is. And, and speaking of, um, you know, hearing more voices, having people call in, we actually want to hear from you listeners um, and anyone in Pantsuit Nation that wants to share with us um, a little voice snippet. We're doing something new this week. Um, we want to give uh, have you give us a call and leave us a brief voicemail. And what we'd love to hear from you, because kind of similar to what Courtney and I were talking about uh, at the beginning of the episode, is sort of what's changed for us since the election. So if you want to give us a call, the phone number is 207 207- three seven zero nine zero zero eight um 30 second clip about what's changed for you since the election and then we're going to take a bunch of different voices um and share them on the podcast going forward so please do give us a call um and let us know your thoughts we'd love to hear from all of you so this is a chance for this pod to really be your pod so keep the clips as close to 30 seconds as possible that gives us much more likelihood that we'll be able to play them on the air and we can't wait to hear from you And so that wraps up this uh, episode of This Pod is Your Pod. And just a reminder that this democracy is your democracy. So we want you to stay engaged. Absolutely check out defenddocket.com. Show up on August 15th uh, and do what it takes to, you know, defend this critical piece of legislation that is making our economy better. It's making our country better. It's the right thing to do. It's making people um, who call this country home be able to take advantage of all of the rights and privileges that we all have um, here in America. So please take action and thank you to our wonderful storyteller this week Cheska to Kat for her um, you know amazing calls to action as always and to Amy McGrath for picking up the phone when we called her um, for the (laughs) the golden pantsuit so thanks to everyone this week Um, and you can visit us at pantsuitnation.org again comment on the blog for this episode send us your thoughts your questions definitely give us a call leave us a google voice memo Um, thanks again to Latote for sponsoring this episode and to Digital Media who produces and distributes our show and we really look forward to hearing from all of you and we'll be back next week talk then bye Corp bye Libby talk soon (laughs) 